0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome, Browns fans. This is the Village Elliot. I am the Oracle of Sports. Well, I want take... Today, to review the Browns quarterback room, where, man, I really called this one, in all modesty, I foretold the future. I told the Browns exactly what was going to happen, what they needed to do. But as is often the case with the gift of prophecy, the prophet is cursed because the people will never listen. I told the Browns exactly what they needed to do. And by the way, I'm grateful to have uh, the royalty free music. In this case, today I use Call to Adventure by Scott Buckley. Thank you, Scott. It's really nice, gives us an appropriate introduction to our topic the Browns quarterback room, which is too little and too late. I don't know how to describe what the Browns have done this year. They've been in a state of denial about quarterbacks since forever. They really took the mindset that we're going to just gamble on Deshaun Watson and place our Super Bowl bets on that and just believe that we're going to be able to get away with it. Um From the onset, let's be clear that the Haslams want to win the Super Bowl. They have made the conscious decision that they would rather concentrate their resources and try to win the Super Bowl rather than kind of spread things out and have the same team from year to year and maybe win six, seven, eight, maybe sometimes nine games, make the playoffs once every four or five years. They realize that their organization is not that strong, that they cannot make the playoffs year after year after year without a rebuilding period. Uh, Even the Patriots perhaps could not do that. Uh, It turned out that the strength of that organization was in no small measure built upon Tom Brady. And once Brady was gone, they were just a team. There needed to be a rebuilding period in which you accumulate draft picks and cap uh, capital, salary cap capital, if you will, and save up all of that cap room so that you can spend money, overspend on free agents for several years in a row, and then make that run for the Super Bowl. But when it's over, baby, it's over, and you've got to go back and rebuild once again. So these things are like five or six-year cycles, and the Browns are right in the peak of their cycle, maybe towards the end of it, and they're trying to extend it and keep the door open. But that's why they overpaid for Deshaun Watson. They knew that, that he wasn't worth the contract, so don't even bother to tell them that. They know that. But they thought, you know, we just really want to solve the quarterback problem, and we're willing to bet that he can stay healthy, and uh, if he can't, we understand that we've blown it and we're not going to win the Super Bowl without him. So um, what they do? They said, well, we're not even going to worry about the backup quarterback position. We know that our goose is cooked without Deshaun Watson. And we're just really not going to worry about it. We're just going to assume that it's either Deshaun Watson or bust. That's our plan. That isn't the right plan. What they needed to do was to fill out a quarterback room like everybody else. What they needed to do was to have three quarterbacks on the active roster. And remember also that they have expanded the practice squad. It used to be, I don't know what, like eight players or something like that, and they gradually ratcheted it up. Now it's 16 players, 16 players. They say that quarterback is the most important position in football, so why can't there be one player? Cleveland? I'm just asking you for one player. Why can't they have one spot on the practice squad for a quarterback? Wouldn't that be a smart idea, just one player? Um, But no, 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 they don't do that. Uh, They wait for Deshaun Watson to actually get injured, and then they bring in P.J. Walker, and uh, they decided that they're just going to use two quarterbacks. So what happened at the end of summer? They said, well, we got a really nice uh, six-round draft pick. Of course, it's not until 2025, but we got that offer from uh, Arizona for our guy, uh, the Rocket Man, Joshua Dobbs. Uh, we think we'll take that draft pick. Out of the kindness of our hearts, we'll give Joshua a chance to become a starting quarterback in the NFL. Aren't we just really nice for doing that? Uh, We also believe in Dorian Thompson Robinson, who we drafted. um, uh, I forgot whether it was the fifth, sixth round, but anyway, drafted him on day three. And uh, we believe in this kid, and we think he's actually better than Joshua Dobbs, but we're only going to go with two quarterbacks this season. Why? Because we're sure that Deshaun Watson is going to be healthy. And if he's not, we're not going to win the Super Bowl anyway. Uh, That's a rather defeatist attitude. There have been plenty of cases where Super Bowls have been won by second-string quarterbacks. Let us not forget that at one point Tom Brady was a second-string quarterback. So was Kurt Warner a second-string quarterback. Uh, Trent Dilfer was, uh, actually, he was a first-string quarterback for that year. But um, how about Jeff Hostetler? He was a second-string quarterback. And um, there are others. How about, uh, what about uh, the kid from Philadelphia? Carson Wentz was supposed to be the first-string quarterback, but Nick Foles was the guy that won the Super Bowl for them, wasn't he? And then we never heard from Nick Foles ever again. Um, So, yeah, you can have a quarterback. It's not the preferred way to win. The second-string quarterback can't be as good as the first-string quarterback. But, yes, you can win with a second-string quarterback and still win the Super Bowl. It has been done. Uh, It is foolish, just absolutely foolish to just give up because you don't have your franchise quarterback. That is a losing mentality that, oh my gosh, we don't have a franchise quarterback and we're lost and we're going to give up. That is just, that kind of attitude makes me want to throw up. That is not really football at all. That's not how you run a front office. That's not how you run a coaching staff. That's not how you be a football fan, that we're going to give up because we don't have our pretty boy uh you know, no offense to Deshaun Watson, but if we don't have our franchise quarterback, we can't win. I, I mean, I don't care what team it is. That's a ridiculous attitude to take. Uh, shame on you. If you're the New York Jets, you're the Cincinnati Bengals, and you think that you cannot win without this one particular player, and it's time to give up, time to get draft picks. That's just absolutely ridiculous. Um. Uh, that's pathetic. I mean, if it turns out that the second string quarterback really can't play, fine. But let's give him a chance, not give up before he gets out there and starts to play. Hey, we got to take a commercial break. Uh, let me do a commercial uh, while we're doing the break. I have for you a commercial from the Browns. And let me so get around to my monitor here. I want to present, um, share a screen, and find my little PowerPoint. And from the slideshow, I'm getting better at this, but I'm still pretty slow. You know about old guys and computers. Uh, we talked about be, uh, be the solution. Uh, Cleveland Browns program for social action that they've had for a number of years under Andrew Berry, We talked also about the fact that the Browns were social action. They were the first team in professional football to employ African-American players in the 1946 season. They were joined by the Los Angeles Rams who were formerly, by the way, the world champion Cleveland Rams in 1945. And, uh, So the Rams also employed African-American players in 1946. So there were actually four players that broke the color line in 1946, right before Jackie Robinson broke the color line in professional baseball in 1947. So this was really a historic period in professional sports, and the Cleveland Browns were right there. They were the first, technically speaking, they played their games first, and with uh, Paul Brown calling the shots, and remember he was the coach at Ohio State where they did not have a policy of racial discrimination, and they had African-American players. So there you go. Uh, Two of the players that the Browns had, um, Bill Willis and Marion Motley, made the Hall of Fame. All right, so the Browns, among other things, Supported the Browns Foundation, which uh, provides scholarships for deserving students, young students. And uh, recently, David Njoku uh, was representing the Cleveland Browns when they surprised two students, Mariana Lewis and Tashia uh, Porter. I hope I pronounced those names properly. And they won $10,000 scholarships to further their careers. How about that? Education is very, very important. If you want to do something to support social action, you want to get involved in the communities in uh, East uh, Cleveland. By the way, that's where I was born back in the day, back in 1957. Uh, if you want to get involved, you've got to start with education and make sure that people are. Uh, are getting educated, and that it's not something that's just limited to one uh, racial, or ethnic, or religious group, that everybody is getting a chance. Um, my late mother was um, one of the first uh, Asian Americans to come to Greater Cleveland, or one of the first Korean Americans. She came in 1948 after World War II, before the Korean War, and uh, she eventually became a teacher of English as a second language. and She used to tell people, her students, that America is a place for them. everybody gets a chance. And uh, she took a dim view to students who came from, let us say, macho communities where they didn't want to have uh, female tutors. And uh, No, nope, sorry. Everybody gets a chance in America. But anyway, education, very, very important. Thank you, Cleveland. Thank you, Cleveland Browns. Thank you, David Njoku. Thank you, students. Now study hard. Show that you're worth it. Prove that they didn't make a mistake on you by investing in you. Earn that scholarship. All right. Back to football. So the Browns didn't prepare when they knew that Deshaun Watson had a shoulder problem that might not get better, might get worse during the season. Uh, they, they hired uh, P.J. Walker when Deshaun Watson actually couldn't play. They still maintained a two-quarterback system. They knew that their number two guy, their nominal number two guy, um, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, was uh, undersized he weighs less than baker mayfield he's like 206 pounds or something like that and uh you know he, the reason why he wasn't drafted in the first round probably had a lot to do with the fact he was too small and the perception is that you know he might not survive in the nfl as a starter that's why he's perceived as a backup he didn't weigh as much as johnny Manziel. Smaller than Baker Mayfield. Um, let's see. And we didn't foresee any injury risk with this young man. I think he's very, very talented. But because of his size, man, you got to be thinking. Actually, even if you know, you don't think of his size. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers always have, uh, always have three quarterbacks on their 53-player roster. If they have that, then Cleveland should do it too. Then with the 16-player roster on the practice squad, there should be somebody on the practice squad that's learning the playbook just for emergency situations. Now, I'm not dumping on them because they have a problem right now. I have been saying this. I have published this since day one, since last year, the year before that, and the year before that. This is what the Browns need to do. Because sometimes an emergency situation can arise, and they could be Super Bowl contenders, but they don't have a quarterback that's ready to play. Now, right now, it's Flacco-mania, and we can't wait to see Joe Flacco become the next starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Now, I am not sure that Joe Flacco can actually play. Let's talk about what we actually know about Joe Flacco. I don't know that he tried out for a team uh, this summer. I think he was retired. Uh, He played great last year. Browns fans remember that he led the New York Jets uh, to a come-from-behind victory, and he threw for 300 yards uh, in relief of Zach Wilson. So he's still got talent. There's no question about that. He's been riddled by injuries He's 38 years old. What's he done lately to stay in football shape? Does anybody know? Was there any alternative discussed? I heard that they only brought in one candidate. They only brought in one candidate. So they're not really thinking about any other possibility or anybody else that might just be an alternative. That is stupid. Um, Let's see, I'm trying to show the video of Joe Flacco, here we go. Share screen, window, Joe Flacco. Let's take a look at what we've got here with Joe, and let's just make this big as we can. Okay, here's Joe. Oh, boy, Joe can play catch. This is really great. Um, Let's move it up a little bit. He can throw the ball and play catch. He can throw to receivers on the run. Oh, this is nice. He can drop back two steps. Throw the ball and hit a receiver. Oh, okay. Boy is you know wow. Wow. Okay, yeah, he can he can do that. Is that football shape? Oh, he can throw a long pass too. Look at that boy. Is he in football shape? Is that football shape? Where's the part where we see that? Oh, okay, wow, okay, that one he threw fast. He can throw a fast pass. Okay, a little bit faster than a jog. Actually drop back a little bit. There he goes, dropping back. Okay, I'm not sure that I'm buying this, sports fans. I'm just not sure that I'm buying this. Uh, Is Joe Flacco ready to play in an NFL game? I'm not talking about his innate ability. I'm sure that he has the ability and that if he'd been training year-round, that he'd be a pretty good quarterback. Has he been training year-round? Is he in shape? Is he in football shape to be able to play? i i'm i believe in flacco's ability and i pointed out uh you know to my friends that are new york jets fans that he's probably about as good a quarterback as they've had they should never have gotten rid of him never gotten rid of mike white they needed to have a veteran quarterback uh, as an alternative to zach the future wilson that was dumb to uh you know what they wanted to do was to get rid of the veteran competition so that they could coddle Zach Wilson, not have him feel threatened. We don't know whether uh, he can play football or not, whether Joe Flacco can play or not. I think he could probably play if he has eight weeks to get ready. Whether he can do it right now, I don't know. We have not seen any evidence that he can. The Browns didn't have any competition. They still do not have an adequate quarterback room. If DTR is injured, and we think that he is, we're not sure that he's going to suit up on Sunday uh, versus Los Angeles versus the Rams. All right, then, do, then that means that um, P.J. Walker may be the starter. And Flacco might be the only backup, and we don't know if he's physically able to play. Is he in shape enough that he can actually play an NFL game? I don't know. And there is no third-string quarterback. There isn't any. I think it's Harrison Bryant. The Browns have not trained anybody to run basic plays out of their playbook. I've been saying this all season long, that they need to have somebody. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. Somebody needs to be on the practice squad and maybe two people, in case somebody gets uh, signed away by another team. Just learn the playbook. Learn how to throw some short passes and hand the ball off. This is a defensive team that can win an ugly football game as long as you don't turn the ball over. What's not, you know, instead, what's happening, what we saw last week against Denver is a coach that believes that he has to use, uh, you know, incredible intelligence and flamboyant play calls in order to make up for the fact that he doesn't have a quarterback. We're going to do flea flickers and multiple handoffs and trick play after trick play and try to win with finesse and Hope to God that we don't fumble 15 times in a row or something. And that's how we're going to win all of our games uh, with quarterbacks that haven't played football with the team, have no practice with the team. I mean, this is crazy. They are not prepared. We do not have a prepared quarterback that's familiar with the playbook, and it's too late. It's too late. They should have been signing people and training them up just in case they needed him. Now it's too late. There is no reason why they couldn't have done it with 16 positions on the practice squad. They should have probably had two or three guys that they were training up uh, to learn just the basics of the playbook. I understand why they don't want to teach them everything because then they get signed away by the Bengals and the Steelers and the Ravens, and then they pump them full. You know, they act basically like spies. Like Jim Harbaugh's spies or something, and they learn all the all the tricks of the inside the playbook and stuff like that. So you don't want to get them too smart, but at least give them, let's say, uh, you know, twenty to forty plays that they can really execute well. The simple stuff. Don't teach them any trick plays. Don't teach them, you know, these exotic um, deep ball threat plays. Just the very simple plays get them to know the Browns receivers and personnel so that they can function effectively in an offense. The more reps they get, the better. People should have been learning this stuff in summer camp, summer training camp. They should have brought in about six guys and found maybe four or five that they can rely on that might be bouncing around the league and might become available at some point in case they need them. But you know what? Instead, they deny that anybody is unhealthy. Deshaun Watson. Oh no, he has no shoulder problem. No, 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 no shoulder problem. Uh, we don't need to sign anybody. We're just going to go with two quarterbacks. That's all we need. The guy is so healthy. Uh, the fact that he's had two ACL injuries that were repaired surgically, uh, we don't think he's susceptible to any kind of injury. Man, and his shoulder is absolutely fine. There's no problem with the shoulder. There's no reason to think that there's going to be any kind of injury. Um, DTR we think is day to day and um, the fact that he weighs less than 210 pounds is not going to affect his injury situation in the NFL. We think he's going to be an iron man and um, he's not too small to be a starting quarterback and he's never going to get injured. None of these guys are ever going to get injured. Uh, we only need two quarterbacks on the Cleveland Browns. Thank you very much. Go away, Village Elliott. Go away, Oracle. You can't tell the future. Well, <clears throat> you know what? I did foretell the future. I did tell you what was going to happen. I told you what was wrong. That you cannot have a quarterback room with too few people in it. You have enough spaces on the practice squad that you should have been preparing for this uh, event. That you know, there's there's not that many backup guards and stuff that you need to to use all those roster spots, you could have had at least two roster spots on the practice squad for quarterbacks just to train them up in the playbook in case you needed somebody in case of an emergency. Now, why don't you go out and sign Garrett Gilbert, like I've been asking for for three years, just get him ready in case you need him. And by the way, you do need him. You needed him. Ever since week two, you needed to have somebody that can come in and just execute plays, hang on to the football, let the defense win the game for you. This is a defensive team. This is not a team that's going to win by throwing footballs all over the ball yard and carrying out trick plays. The quarterback room is inadequately staffed. There's not enough people that know the playbook. That can run an offense for the Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco, maybe he's in shape and maybe he's able to step right in and start heaving bombs. I just think it's going to take him a while before he can actually be in shape. I just really don't know. Uh, you know, we just saw videos of him with soft tosses, and that's all that we really saw him do. Uh, it, we just really haven't seen any evidence that he's ready. I do not question his ability. I do question whether he's able to absorb the playbook and whether he's uh, able to achieve the football conditioning that's necessary to survive in the NFL. I just don't know. Uh, I do know that with only two healthy quarterbacks, well, actually really only one, that would be P.J. Walker is the only one that's guaranteed to be able to Uh, run around and survive for four quarters. They should be hiring another quarterback on the practice squad right now, and they're not doing it. This is ridiculous. Don't even say that, oh, my gosh, we didn't think that there would be any need to hire another quarterback. Who would have thought that? Well, the Oracle is telling you that's exactly what you should be doing right now. Hello. Thank you very much for listening to me. Hope it made some sense to somebody especially somebody in the Browns front office. Um, But, you know, the gift of prophecy is often accompanied by the curse that people will never believe the prophecy. Thank you, everyone. God bless you all. I'll talk to you again very soon.